Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. Lots to talk about here tonight. Your calls are the primary element if you make them. 1-800-259-9231. We'll start out with a little bit of good news and then... Some really scary news, like some frighteningly bad news that all parents need to be aware of. I'm not even a parent, uh, but that doesn't mean I'm not concerned about this. It's about your child's health. But first, we go to the good news out of uh, what happened today, actually, here in uh, beautiful Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, Keene District Court, as you know, has been... Not the nicest of courtrooms to the activists up here. If you've listened to the show for a little while, you know that on Free Talk Live, uh, many of the hosts have moved here to New Hampshire in order to be part of an activist movement. Uh, We've moved here to be active for liberty so we can achieve freedom uh, in our lifetimes. And we've gotten together with other like-minded people who are doing the same thing. And more people are coming here. We'll tell you a little more about the Free State Project a little later But people have been gathering across New Hampshire and have been getting active, not just politically, but also in the realm of uh, non-cooperation, civil disobedience. And one of those, uh, one of the continuing examples of continued uh, continued disobedience, uh, non-cooperation, has been not standing for judges. Now, this started before, long before, uh, Mark, you had figured out what a Quaker was and the fact that Quakers, if you're part of the Quaker religion... Uh, you don't have to stand for anybody because it's it's my understanding of the uh, at least that tenet, which you say Quakerism doesn't really have any tenets, but at least that uh, portion of the Quaker religion is that uh, they don't hold one man above another. So therefore, standing for a judge would be completely out of the question. That's correct, and that's even if you respect the guy, uh, apparently. Well, you know, if you would stand for a judge if you stood for everyone. But I see. I don't. Right. Uh, the, the original and the judge re- certainly doesn't stand for me. Exactly. Uh, the the original reason that people were doing that, uh, though, is to show a, as a protest uh, what this guy is doing. As a judge, he is, as part of his job, extracting money from what are mostly poor people. But either way, anybody that money is extra- extracted from is a crime. It's theft. It's extortion. It's uh, It's robbery. They do that all day long in this courtroom, and they do it all day long in courtrooms across the country. These judges... Even if you do believe in the system, do not deserve to be stood for because they're hurting people. They're not protecting. They're not serving, except for the occasional case that will come through of, uh, you know, domestic violence or rape or something else that's an actual crime. And I don't know if rape would even go to this court. It's uh, it's not a felony court. It's a district court. And so they only handle the, you know, the traffic stuff and the, and the misdemeanors. So for the most part, these guys are not dealing with real criminals who have actually harmed other people. So it doesn't seem to me that they should be stood for for any reason. So as a result of people not standing up for this particular judge and doing it in front of full full view of the courtroom. I mean, people will sit up in the first row or two, basically, of the court. And so anybody else that happens to be in the court at, this, at, at, at that time will take note. That, a, they'd make a big deal of it. Well, I don't know. I, well, I'm not sure you mean they is. Uh, you mean the court would make a big deal? No, or? The, the people not standing make a big deal of not standing. I mean, you know. Oh right. Well, I mean, if you think it's a big deal just to remain seated, I don't. I don't know. It did, it felt like a big deal the first time I did it because I was nervous about the you know they might arrest me or what do I what's going to happen if I do this. I was pretty nervous about it, but it's no big deal now. Now it's routine. 
Uh, in fact, it's it's so routine that every activist does it. Like even the ones that are brand new, they probably still have the, the butterflies in their belly. But when you're around other people who are doing that, who are not standing for the judge or doing some other form of non-cooperation, the courage spreads. Uh, it, just one person being courageous can help encourage others to be courageous. I know that we know that Sam from uh, the Obscure Truth Network, who's currently in a jail cell, is an inspiration to a lot of people in that way. When you've got ten people doing non-cooperation, it's that much more inspirational, I think, to people that are watching it who otherwise would never have considered uh, doing such a thing. And well, you know, I, I think that. Uh one can assign whatever reasons one wants. The reason that I choose not to stand for the judges because, you know, I I believe that God did create all men equally, mm-hmm. and the idea that that you have to stand for one of them, you know, through achievement or through the respect for the 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 job that he does or the 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 lineage of the job, I don't really understand all that stuff. To me, he's just a guy doing a job and a man in a robe. It's, it's it, it to me it's abhorrent to show any kind of respect to him you know any kind of respect to him above what i would show to anybody else um you know that that just doesn't make any sense i mean why why would you show any more to him than anyone else well i mean if you're really asking why um the the reason is because the system is designed to train us to be obedient and so it's just like in uh, elementary school but where that they- judge see, it, 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 that's exactly the truth that judge is going to if he goes into another person's courtroom and he doesn't have on the silly dress thing uh, he doesn't have the costume mm-hmm, on yeah. He's going to stand for the next judge because you really are standing for the costume. You're standing for the court. And I don't – to me, the government has set itself up as God, and I refuse to respect it as such. The government is not my God. If there is a devil on this planet, I believe that, in fact, it might very well be the government or government as you know, in quotation, all governments everywhere. You'll because get no objection from me. People can do things in the um, in the auspices of authority that they would never do themselves. You know, you a, a soldier wouldn't come home and just shoot somebody, but they'll darn should, sure do it on the field if they were told by um, a higher up who was told by a higher up who was told by a higher up and they'll told be told by that a higher up. God blesses him for it. Yep, people will walk around. People will drive around. People at my Quaker church will drive around with Obama stickers with peace signs in them, and they believe that they support peace by supporting Obama. That's crazy. This is the same guy that has is responsible for the deaths of hundreds of Pal- Excuse me, uh, for Pakistan. Afghanis and Afghanis at this point. He's a murderer. And just because he's the president of the United States does not absolve him of it. It wouldn't absolve him if he's the head of, of any state. If you tell someone to go out and kill someone else and you give them money to do it, you're a murderer. Wow. Uh, Nick, your thoughts. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I mean, I agree with the general sentiment. You nailed I, it, Mark. Yeah. yeah I, I, the, the, the fact is people don't view actions that are done under the guise of this state in the same way that they would if a regular average person was doing it. And Yeah. It, well, if somebody else stole money from you and then demanded you stand up for him, uh, you would just be – as long as he didn't have a gun trained on you, you'd be absolutely outraged and refuse to do that. Yeah. But, but they do have guns. Right. I mean, there is an air of legitimacy that most people seem to attach to the government, and it's they undeserved. did go to government schools. I mean, right, I mean, but it, it is undeserved because the government is based completely on the initiation of force. That's how they fund themselves. 
And that's largely what they do with the funding that they do get is to make more rules and initiate force on people for the fun of it. You know, if um, if this guy, this judge or any judge were to actually stop hurting peaceful people, I could see standing up for the guy like, wow, you really had a turnaround. Congratulations. I'm going to stand up for you just because you're no longer hurting uh, peaceful drug users or people that uh, have uh, driven through a stop uh, stop sign, not stopped fully. Uh, you know, people with speeding tickets all day long. This guy's ringing a cash register, turning people over, dumping out their pockets, and uh, and moving them on. And so, if he were to and stop calling that, justice, right? If he were to stop that, I could understand not. I could understand actually standing for the guy, but that's a way a long ways off in the future. And of course, if he were to actually start doing the right thing, we'd have no reason to be in his courtroom in the first place. So today, here's what happened that I'm so excited about. I think it was really cool. The activists, as they normally do, did not stand when the judge came in. But the important point is, we were the the entirety of the audience. It was 1.30 in the afternoon. It was an arraignment, a late arraignment that they'd scheduled. And so it was about 10 activists sitting there, all together, sitting there. Judge comes in, all rise, and nobody does anything. Typical, right? I mean, that's there's nothing new there except for maybe that we were everyone in the courtroom. I think that... Sometimes there, there been, were more other people. It's usually like most of the time there are other people in there. In fact, at most arraignments, the courtroom is packed full of people. And so usually at these arraignments, we're the only ones that stay seated. And at the beginning of the trial, we were the only ones in the courtroom. But at the end, or not trial, but arraignment, uh, at the end of the arraignment, things were a little bit different. A couple of other folks who were not related to us in any way, just another couple of uh, state victims, had come into the court and sat down. I'll tell you what happened when the judge left. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. This is CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free. Live streams are there. Broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you. Head over to listen freetalklive.com take advantage of those of uh, those that's listen freetalklive.com and do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections SACL CAI does collections early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables SACL's employees are trained to resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect they know that not only do you want to collect your money but you'd like to keep your clients too SACL CAI. Check out their banner at the top of freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. Just real quick, going to finish up the uh, good news here, and eventually we'll get into some really frightening news for parents. Uh, But the good news is that today we had a record, an amazing day in court. Now, the actual uh, court activity was relatively unmentionable. I mean, it was just an arraignment. It was very fast. Uh, the judge scheduled the trial for one of the disorderly six, one of the six people that were arrested after, a few minutes after our friend Sam was arrested. Now, if you tuned in last night, you heard us interviewing Sam. But he's one of the dis- he's part of the disorderly seven, right? Okay, I've, I've heard it called the disorderly six. Maybe they're calling it the disorderly seven. I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like it. I, mean, you, I understand. They dropped that- the disorderly charge against Sam, though. But yeah, I guess you're right, the disorderly seven. I just, I called them the disorderly six because they were all arrested all at the same time and Anyway, gotcha. they, uh, so it was, for, it was an arraignment for one of them. That part went relatively uneventfully. Uh, the activists, as they normally do, did not stand for the judge when he entered the courtroom. And the judge, as he has been normally doing, completely ignored the fact that no one stood for him. 
the entire courtroom did not stand for this. This man. is what makes the most sense that they can do. Throwing people in jail for for not standing for contempt. Uh, he, had th- not... he threatened that in he, the he past. Did. He, he did had, previously. He Absolutely had threatened true. people who did not stand, and I... there was a little while where people were really scared about what might happen, uh, but nobody seems to be too scared anymore. And so that's good. That people are getting more bold and they're getting more willing to participate, or rather, not. Well, participate. there's no guarantee he won't start having yeah. people arrested. There is for no guarantee. Some the, future date, either though. Then Absolutely. he'll be arresting a bunch of Quakers, who are <laughs> they have the freedom of religion uh, to not. I've stand managed for the to, to, to pretty successfully convert quite a few Quakers around here. I am a new Quaker myself. Are you a Quaker, Nick? <laughs> for the if I were to use it for the purposes of not standing in the courtroom. I suppose I could say You sound like you're a bad Quaker. I, sounds like well, that, do you have to be a good Quaker to be able to call yourself a Quaker? I'm, I'm, not, prepared. I'm not prepared to throw you in jail for it, but I, I, I don't know if I, uh, I, don't know if I, I respect your uh, authenticity. So the arraignment happened. Nobody stood when the judge came in. And then, as usual, they always call, all rise, when the judge leaves the courtroom. And this time, they did that, and this time, no one in the courtroom stood up. Except the difference was two folks had come in. Two of the victims, the other victims that were there for uh, trial or arraignment or whatever what they were scheduled for, they had come in during the arraignment and had taken a seat a few rows behind us. So we were in full view of them when nobody decided to stand for the judge when he left. As I turned around to look at the other activists, I was sitting in the front row at the time, I turned around to look at the other activists, they were still seated when that judge was leaving the room. So the good news today is that for the first time that I have noticed, at least, we were joined by the audience. The rest of the audience joined us, joined the Liberty Activists here in not standing for the judge. And I thought, I found that particularly uh, momentous. I found it uh, a a great example of how it is that uh, peer pressure can work in a very positive manner. Because if you think about it, had that been a morning arraignment, which is, you know, by the book, usual, people ring in the cash register, people make cutting deals, plead, uh, pleading guilty and all that, then when the judge came in, if the room was packed full of other court victims, state victims, they all would have stood up because that's what they've been told to do and they're scared to death of what might happen if they don't. They don't respect the judge. They're afraid of this, this man. They're in there because he's going to hurt them or one of their loved ones. That's why they're sitting in that room. Well, you know, to me respect love fear all these all these uh, emotions are sort of mixed up in me and i remember being raised in in a christian home with uh, you know going to to church sunday school uh christian school the whole thing and and i really feel that Kids are confused when, especially with the King James Bible, where they say that, uh, you know, you've got to fear God, and fearing God means loving God or being, uh, you know, respectful of, of God or worshiping God. It, it's mm. all mixed up together. That, and, and government, it, 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 as far as I'm concerned, government has taken the position above God by, because God only asks for 10% yeah. of, your, of what you produce. Government asks for something like 50. So... God gives you free will, <laughs> right? At the very least. I mean, by their religion. So uh, you know, the I, I think that they they're happy with you just fearing the government. That's all they want. They don't they don't want the respect of government. It's not for the respect of the office of judge. Fear it's and for obey. the fear of the office of judge. Fear and we'll obey. We'll take respect, Pay but, we, we'll, but uh, you know, fears fears just as good. And and I think they're happier with it. Well, and I it was it was very happy for me. It was a happy moment when I saw these two folks sitting in there that we had no idea who they were. We'd never seen them before. They didn't uh, take a t- take time to introduce themselves to us or anything like that. 
just that I acknowledge that they continued to stay seated. I thank them for that. And uh, wow, how cool is this? I mean, that essentially, because the majority of the audience, that was us, we were 10 out of 12 at that point, the majority of the audience did not stand for the judge, so the rest of the audience followed suit. They, as they, even, they probably didn't even pay attention, you know, and oh, didn't no, no. hear it. Oh, no, no, they were paying attention. You know, that they heard the all uh, the, Absolutely. I looked at them, and I acknowledged them afterwards, and I said, you guys didn't stand either, and she nodded her head. Mm. They did not stand for that judge. And so I think it had to do, they would have stood for him if they'd been the only one sitting in there, and they yeah. would have stood for him if the, the courtroom was full of people, but because the majority of the court audience were activists who were not standing for the judge, they joined in. And I think that bodes well for what we're doing up here in New Hampshire, just in general. I mean, not just in the uh, non-cooperation realm, but also the uh, world of politics as well. I think it bodes well that these people do understand some of what we're doing, even if they don't understand all of the, the principles that might be behind it. They do understand that they're being tyrannized and they're being harmed by these people. And they wish they knew what they could do about it. They wish they had a solution. And if somebody, shows up, solution. If somebody shows up with something... These people will come, many of them will come on board. And so having more people in the same geographic region doing this stuff, whether it's non-cooperation or politics, is going to excite the New Hampshire natives, or the natives of wherever. We're talking about New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Nick, you're one of those New Hampshire natives that was excited by the liberty activists moving in here. And these people ran, just a couple random people in the courtroom, engaging in civil disobedience with us. They didn't come in planning to do that, most likely. But they did it. They saw the opportunity to join a group of people who were displaying some real courage. And I know it's not the most courageous of acts to not stand in a courtroom. But if you've never done it before, you'll feel a little timid. You'll feel a little intimidated when you're getting ready to not stand for a judge. Your butterflies will be going in your stomach, perhaps. Because there is the possibility the judge is going to get outrageous about it and, you know, throw you in a jail cell. But if everybody's doing it, they don't have enough cells for everybody. So I, I was I was really encouraged by that moment today, and I just wanted to share it with you as uh, as an example of how this movement is maturing. We have enough people attending enough activism events that are doing things that are so unusual and so exciting to people. They're joining in. They're getting together with us. More on the way. You bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit Alakees at A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. Again, that's A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. Yeah, Nick. And Mark, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. 
and that'll get you on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Do you want liberty in your lifetime? Don't miss the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's happening June 25th through the 28th in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Join hundreds of liberty-loving people for a weekend of freedom and fun. Register today at porkfest.com. That's porkfest with a C. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T. Porkfest.com. And we will see you there because Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live every single night at Porkfest. And it was a blast last year. Looking forward to being back this time around, being in the company of hundreds of like-minded individuals who are also seeking liberty in their lifetimes and who are willing to pick up and move their lives here to New Hampshire in order to do it. Uh, it's such an exciting movement and keeps getting better as more people come here and add their their ideas uh, into the fray, if you will, uh, into the... All of the uh, they're, they're, they're teaming up. They're getting together. They're brainstorming. New ideas are coming out. Things that are that were heretofore impossible to achieve in the liberty movement have become possible because of the amount of people that are getting together. And you can feel what that's like if you come up to Porkfest. Great excuse to do so. Porkfest. P O R C F E S T dot com. Let's go to your phone calls and to the phones and the fun. Uh, we've got Travis. No, excuse me. Make that Dave in New, uh, Nevada. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Dave? Hey, uh, there's a cool, uh, another radio show I podcast uh, from NPR called This American Life. Have you heard of, you guys yeah. heard about it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, I was just listening to their, uh, today I was listening to the podcast from this last weekend show, and they had a really cool police story that I really wanted to share with you, because as soon as I heard it, I immediately thought of you guys. Okay. Um, uh, they were interviewing a cop, actually, and... Uh, the story he told took place about 20 years ago, and uh, he was called to the scene of an accident. Apparently, a van had turned over on its side. So the cop shows up, and there's already uh, another cop there kind of in charge of the scene, and he rolls up and sees a guy standing next to this van, kind of disheveled, you know, because the thing just rolled. And he's holding hands uh, with a chimpanzee. And apparently, um, this guy does, like, birthday parties and shows and stuff with his, his pet chimp. Neat. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and so uh, the cops are kind of hassling the guy. Uh, the main cop <clears throat> decides he wants to give him a breathalyzer test. Okay. Um, but this, this, is, this is back in the day. Again, this was 20 years ago, so they didn't have him in the field. They wanted to take the guy down to the station to do it. Gotcha. So um, uh, the police, uh, they take him to uh, take the guy to the cruiser, and the chimp kind of starts to freak out. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sounds like my mother-in-law. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, um, so he, the the guy saw him. Look, man, you don't want to do that. She's gonna freak out. You don't you don't want to do that. And uh, and so um, and, and meanwhile, there's there's a crowd like of people watching this going down. And sure. People in the crowd. Any, yeah. People, anything with a chimp is gonna get a draw a crowd. Yeah. And so people in the crowd are going, oh, you know, a chimp can tear you apart. They're really strong and this and that and the other. Absolutely things. true. Um. So um. So anyway. Uh, they ha- go to handcuff the guy in the car, and the ch- the, the guy's in the car, and um, so they didn't you know, the listen like, to him. Right, exactly. Right. Of course, they never listen. We and know so, what we're um, doing. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, he the the guy starts getting into it with the cop, like, look, you know, this is stupid. You can't do this, and you know, you have no reason to do this. Obviously, I'm fine. And, uh, you know, he's telling them the story of, like, look, you know, there was a thunderstorm, the lightning freaked out the chimp, the chimp threw me down, took control of the van, and rolled it. 
<laughs> rolled the van. So, <laughs> anyway, um, what's the problem? <laughs> well, most most people driving on the road aren't aren't any uh, any better than that anyway. Yeah. So, um, so they, uh, you know, the two cops are talking, and uh, they're like, "Look, you know, uh, we we what are we going to do with this chimp?" Uh, the the cop that's telling the story said he tried to call animal control. They they wouldn't come out to take the chimp because they didn't believe him. So they had <laughs> they, they didn't know what to do with the chimp. So finally, uh, you know, meanwhile this is going on. The chimp goes over to the cop car that um, the guy that was driving the van was in is jumping up and down on the car. And so finally they are like, okay, we're gonna unarrest this guy and just drive him home. You know, we really can't handle the situation. Hmm. So this is the best part. The guy gets out of the car. The chimp promptly goes into the car. The chimp removes the diaper that he's wearing. Uh-oh. And it, it's uh, it's been used. <laughs> it's been soiled. Mark, I'm sure you know. I have boys, too. I'm sure you know what that's like. Especially um, if they have raisins. Mm. Um, well, I guess chimp poo's a little, uh, little uh, stronger. And so the chimp takes the diaper off. And just starts wiping it all over the inside of the car, and uh, and there was nothing they could do. You know what are you yeah, going to do? do? Arrest the chimp. I'm surprised so, they didn't shoot uh, the chimp. I mean, they shoot uh, dogs all the time. Well, yeah. Well, that was one thing the cop was saying was like, look, we can't. What if this chimp runs wild? We, what are we going to do? We can't shoot it in front of all these people. So oh, in front of the people. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah, but you know exactly in front of in front their of behavior witnesses. will change as the as there are more eyeballs, the bureaucrats' behavior uh, changes. And one of the reasons why cameras. I, one of the reasons why I think it's so important that we have a law here that's going through in New Hampshire. It's uh, made it through the House and hopefully we'll make it to the through the Senate. I've called on it uh, yesterday. They um, that just the recording law. Yeah, that you can record police while they're doing their official duty. And yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's so important. Useful. So uh, the chimp smearing uh, feces uh, around the inside of the cop car, which, by the way, they can hose those things out. So once they get, I mean, it'll be an unpleasant drive back to they the station. They just had a convict uh, clean it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I just thought it was nice that uh, you know the chimp kind of had the final say in the whole thing. <laughs> I love that. Know, That's just, great. You know, decided, hey, you know, I'm tired of you guys messing with me. So I, you know, I think maybe I might start wearing um, my son's diapers, and if I ever get hassled by the police, you know, I uh, have an instant. <laughs> Instant uh, pseudo weapon on my hands that I can uh, is it, use, but uh, is it illegal to to walk around in a diaper if you're an adult? I mean, if, if that's all you have people, on, elderly. Oh, if that's the only thing you have. Yeah, on? like well, I mean, people wear bathing suits, and those are pretty revealing. Would it be legal to just wear a diaper and walk down the street? As long as your suspect. private parts are covered, I would yeah. imagine so. <laughs> I would imagine if people saw me walking down the street in only a diaper, they start running screaming. We but, were uh, talking. <laughs> Thank you for the story this uh, this uh, this evening. I appreciate hearing from you, Dave. And uh, interesting story. Good, good on the the chimp. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. There's Funny. Some, some people were talking about uh, some fun things that that could be done uh, the outside of a courtroom. And no one brought up a diaper, but I was you know thinking about the court and thinking about the chimp and someone wearing a diaper would be kind of interesting for the uh, the men that were searching the, at the um, at the court lobby. But also somebody was talking about you know those uh, those uh, trick cans where you unscrew the lid and you open the the can and this uh, thing pops out the snake 
uh, pops out. Somebody was talking about ha- just having a bag full of uh, tricks like that and, and bringing them up, bringing just a bag full of stuff up to the <laughs> the, the searching station. <laughs> just to, just to mess with the those guys a little bit. I don't know. It sounded like fun to me. So who knows if it will uh, manifest itself in reality? But it could because we've got a lot of creative people up here. Let's continue with your calls, Ampline and uh, Kurt in Michigan. Kurt? Nope. No, the, not Kurt. Gene, the Christian anarchist. Gene, you're back. What's on your mind tonight? Back from yesterday, well, at least. Well, first of all, I wanted to welcome you into the fold, Ian. I've been working on you for a long, long time. But wait, what, what fold? The uh, the fold of being a believer. A believer in what? In God. <laughs> so, uh, so well, I guess I mean, if you count pantheism, uh, the pantheistic belief, uh, the idea that uh, we are all God or all that is uh, the universe itself, uh, then yeah, you got me, Gene. What? That's a start. Um, now, <laughs> that's the end as far as I'm concerned. Well, you always think it's the end, well, right? Yeah, I started with the monotheistic God and then went to atheism and then pantheism. We'll bring it back. Hang on. 800-259-9231. Nick is still an atheist. Mark, you... You're a Quaker. Quaker. I'm a Quaker, too, because you could be a pantheist and a a Quaker. I wonder if Gene's a Quaker. 800-259-9231. Maybe we'll find out here in moments. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. So enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. And see it for yourself at shrine.freetalklive.com. Uh, so we continue here with your calls about anything. We go back to Gene, the Christian anarchist, on the line in Tennessee. Gene, go ahead with your thoughts tonight. All right. Well, I was uh, saying that uh, I've seen you come a long way. When I first called you about four years ago, you were uh, onto this small government libertarian thing, and I kind of worked on you towards anarchism. And I think that uh, you finally did convert to an anarchist, even though you call yourself free marketeer, whatever. I, I prefer voluntarist, I think, uh, more so than anything else. Yeah, well, whatever you call it, it's still anarchist. Okay. And, uh, and then I tried to work on you when you were a devout atheist. And now I see you have to excuse me, I'm riding my bicycle. Wow, that's so going to be difficult. <laughs> be careful, would you? <laughs> no, I stopped now. I'm on the side of the road, but oh, okay. I was riding but anyway, uh, I've seen you come a long way in the four years or so that I've been listening, and uh, I just wanted to congratulate you on your progress and con- and uh, encourage you to continue working on it. And well, Mark- thank you, Gene. I'd, I'm certainly uh, on the path, uh, a path, to, a self-chosen path toward enlightenment, and it's been a fun process so far. And I, I appreciate I appreciate you calling in about that. Go ahead with your thoughts for uh, for Mark. And now, Mark. Uh, I've seen you progress as well, but you're still a little bit into the statism. But I, I like your Quakerism idea. I went to the websites and I looked at the Friends' churches and stuff, and I, even though I've never been to a Quaker church, I kind of think maybe that's what I am. I must be a Quaker. That's how I felt. 
you know, it's funny, Gene. It's the how I felt. I started looking into it, and I felt like, holy crap, I've been a Quaker for years. I love this, and I'm I'm so excited uh, that, that there's a church like this, and that I could go and I'd meet new people that believe like I did, and, and you know, I that's that's why I love it so much. But uh, you know, and I wanted to say that uh, we're all trying to find uh, our meaning in life, and I think that our meaning is to discover the Creator, whoever and whatever form he sh- he takes, and I always use the term he, even though he has no sex, he's not a male or a female, but it's a neuter gender term. I know a lot of the feminists get upset when you use the term he when referring to God, but obviously God is not a man or a woman. It doesn't make sense. It's not very respectful. Use... Yeah, it sounds terrible, and she sounds ridiculous. So as far as I'm concerned, when I refer to God, it's a he... And it's a neuter gender term, and uh, people just need to open their eyes to what that means, because in the English language, he does not necessarily determine sex. It can be neuter gender, as it frequently is, which is why... Gender neutral. New, <laughs> yeah. Which is why this new politically correct English that's coming out, uh, always referring to everything as he, she, he, she, him, her, all that, it's not correct English. The correct English is he, when you're referring to a neuter gender term, and... So that's that's my English lesson for today. All right, Gene. Well, you know what? I appreciate I appreciate it. I I don't think that you'll ever see me in a, a Christian church or or anything like that. Uh, but, but we'll see. No, we'll see. Don't you're, think you're, so. you're you're progressing along a path, and uh, you've made. I don't think the path. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think the path toward pantheism leads through uh, organized monotheistic religion. I, I just don't. I just don't think it does. And do you, do you go to a so Christian church, Gene? I do. I go to a Methodist church because I like the pastor there, and uh, we have frequent discussions about my uh, Christian anarchy beliefs. He mm-hmm. understands where I'm coming from, and he's read a lot of, actually, of Eller and and some of those things. He's a very well-read man, and uh, so I respect his knowledge base. He has an excellent base on history. He knows more about history than I could ever imagine to know, so I respect him definitely on that. Now, he's too much of a statist. And uh, he's starting to open up his eyes to that now because of Obama. He's starting to preach from the pulpit about how, uh, you know, the day's coming when we're going to be at odds with our government. So is his church Obama a f- to wake him up. That. Is his church a 501c3 church? Unfortunately, nearly every church is. That that's something that has to change. People have yeah, got to get that, out of the Doesn't that mean he can't, uh, he can't talk bad about the, the state or something like that? I mean, what is it? You still have the freedom to say whatever you want from the pulpit. It's just that you may lose your 501c exemption, in which yeah. case your uh, the deductions to your church would no longer be tax deductible. Which in my case, it doesn't matter because I just donate cash anyway. I don't like playing the uh, the income tax game, which is why I've, I've never claimed our 15 year old son on our tax returns, primarily because I've never gotten him a social security number. And oh, we're going down for his driver permit next week. No, end of this week, and I've de- I've found a way to get him a driver's permit and a driver's license without a Social Security number. Really? How's that? Now, in the state of Tennessee, anyway, other states are different. State of Tennessee, you can file an affid- you can put an affidavit of never having a Social Security number. I have the form; it's actually downloadable from their website. Hmm. And that affidavit, along with a proper identification like birth certificate and passport, which he has both of those, will 
establish his identity sufficiently enough to have a permit and a driver's license issued without a social security number. So you are one of the people who, I mean, just to go back on one of the other things you said, you've successfully gotten your son a passport without using a social security number. I've heard it's possible, and apparently you, you've had success with that. Well, he's had a passport since he was eight months old, so he was that was almost 15 years ago, and back then they didn't require the, pass, the social security number. Huh. Nowadays, they ask for it, but you legally don't have to give it if you don't have one. Now, somebody who's been issued one and now has disclaimed it, it may be a different story because it's awful hard to disclaim that number once you've gotten it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, haven't, I don't know if I've disclaimed it uh, with any sort of legal paperwork, uh, but I've certainly disclaimed it in the fact that I don't pay uh, anymore into this, this, uh, the system. Gene, thanks for the story tonight. Thank you for the call and the thoughts. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Demetrius in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Demetrius. Hey, guys. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Uh, I was on freekeen.com today. Yes. And I saw the article from the Sentinel. The front page Listen. article about our friend Sam, who is now uh, in his sixth, entering into, into his sixth week in jail. For recording yeah. video. Yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of a jerk. And I might say to myself, you know, I feel bad, but I don't feel real bad a lot. But I'm starting to feel bad for him. And, you know, it said his weight went from 180 to one, like 115. Yeah, no, that's, not true. That's, that's the one mis, it's the misprint in the story. It's a big misprint. Every time yeah. we've <laughs> brought it up, I try to make sure that people understand. That's a terrible, you know, number there. And it's, uh, it's 160, not 116. And, uh, there was a mistake that the, you know, the writer of the story made. Well, I mean, I saw his picture and he's starting to look like an old woman. He's looking awful. In there. He looks awful. Though. He looked awful in the picture, but I mean, I've seen him in person. Have you been down to visit him yet, Mark? I have not. Uh, he looks fine when you see him in person. Good. Well, he's not a very big guy, and what I'm worried about is um, when you go that long without eating and you're not very big, like you don't have a lot of meat on your bones, what happens first is your body goes after your intramuscular fat. You know, it's the fat inside mm-hmm. your muscles and stuff, like right on top of them, like a beer belly. Mm-hmm. And once it runs out of that, it starts eating your muscles. Sometimes you know? it'll, it, depending on uh, where, um, honestly, it, it can go after muscles first. Sometimes, uh, you know, depending physiologically, what you, you know, what if your intake of water is enough and things like that. Well, that's just great. Yeah, <laughs> it's not good. And you know, it's it's hard to recover from that. Yeah, and I, I want him out of there. I agree. Me too. Um, he's not coming out anytime soon, it doesn't look like. Uh, it, it appears, I mean, from our conversation with him yesterday, that they may be trying to push to put him in an insane asylum uh, because he doesn't agree with the system. He is, you know, he does, obviously, like like I, does, does not believe in the legitimacy of the government system. And there, it sounds like they may be moving in that direction. Nothing official has been filed toward that. It just... That's the way it it seems like they are they are moving things. So it, it may become an even more outrageous uh, situation over time. But I'm with you. I hope that uh, I hope that he gets out soon, and I hope that he's in okay health uh, when he does it. As I've said, he does look decent in person. But but you, I, I don't trust you on that one. When I saw those pictures, he looked terrible. You're a pretty thin guy. You're probably not paying much attention. Um, I don't think you pay much attention to people in general, what they Maybe have on. Maybe it's because he's smiling. You know, he's smiling. He seems to be uh, enjoying himself. Uh, 
So go down and he see could him. be see emaciated to have a good and, and have a good attitude. That's possible, right? I'm not I'm telling you, he's lost weight, but I couldn't really tell necessarily by looking at him. That's all. Uh, thanks for the call, Demetrius. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Coming up, a disturbing story that all parents need to hear. And even if you aren't a parent, perhaps you someday will be one. Uh, this is a story that everybody needs to be aware of. More coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. Hour two's on the way. SwissAmerica.com reports Tuesday gold rose on a sharply weaker dollar as housing data flattened stocks. Gold closed in New York up seven dollars sixty cents to nine twenty-five an ounce. Silver rose thirty-nine cents to fourteen fifteen. U.S. needs more inflation, say economist Gregory Mankiv and Kenneth Rajoff. I'm advocating 6% inflation for the next couple of years, says Rogoff. Higher inflation is good for debtors, but bad for creditors, says Axel Merck. More at SwissAmerica.com. Recession, inflation, market volatility, what do you do to protect your money? Call Swiss America to send you a free education on gold investing. Gold offers you safety, liquidity, and excellent profit potential. Gold is the only asset that's not someone else's liability. The DVD, booklet, and newsletter are free. The knowledge you'll gain is invaluable. Call toll-free 800-630-1496. That's 800-630-1496. 800-630-1496 today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're launching into hour number two of the program, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Starting the hour out here with a disturbing story that all parents need to hear about. And it's not the first story of its kind, unfortunately. And if you aren't a parent, and maybe perhaps you're considering being a parent someday, this may give you pause. This may give you a reason to reconsider. Here's the story from naturalnews.com. Against the wishes of both the parents and the 13-year-old patient in question. Do you see where we're going yet? Yeah. A Minnesota judge has ruled that Daniel Hauser must undergo conventional chemotherapy treatments which are characterized by the mass poisoning of the patient with toxic chemicals. Now, there are people out there who, you know, they, I'm sure, had good experiences with with chemotherapy. And then there are people out there that have had absolutely terrible experiences with chemotherapy. In fact, even the ones that have had good experiences, I'm sure they weren't that pleasant. It was a a bad experience. Uh, But there are people that uh, will never go anywhere near chemotherapy again because of what they've seen a loved one go through. I've had two uh, family members die from cancer, my father and my grandmother. Mm -hmm. Both of them, I I, I believe my grandmother had one chemotherapy. I I think it was my grandmother. Maybe it was my father. I, I don't know. I get a little confused here. One of them had one chemotherapy treatment. The other one had two. And both of them said, I'm never going to do never that again. again. I'd rather die. Thank you. Wow. So, so chemotherapy sucks really bad. And if you own yourself, you should be able to make those decisions. Even if a doctor is telling you, you, are need, you need this, you need this to get better. The doctor isn't going to take the treatment. Yeah. 
So you should be able to make the choice. And as an adult, you typically do have the ability to make these choices for yourself. And you'd think that as a teenager, you'd also be able to say, you know, that's okay. I I can make choices for myself. I'm a big boy or a big girl, and I can, you know, make these decisions. It's my body. I can choose. Uh, But apparently not in this country, not anymore. And this isn't, again, the first – again, this is not the first time we've read a story like this. It does happen from time to time, and it's tragic. It's absolutely outrageous, and it's yet another example of how they own you. The people calling themselves the government believe that they own you, and they act like they own you, and most of us act like we're owned because we do exactly what they say. In this story, for opting to explore alternative and natural remedies rather than chemotherapy of their son, the parents were accused of medical neglect and now face having their son taken away from them by Child Protective Services. They may also face prison time if they fail to, uh, or if they rather refuse to follow the judge's orders. Daniel was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, a health condition that's widely known by alternative cancer practitioners to be reversible, especially in younger patients. Conventional medical doctors have told the courts that unless Daniel is subjected to toxic chemotherapy treatments, he has a 95% chance of death. And what is his chance when he gets the toxic chemotherapy treatments? Uh, it doesn't say. Right. But the, <laughs> See, this is the point that they don't make. Um, 96%? That, right. 94%? Well, you know, right, right. It's probably more than that, but I don't yeah. know, and it should be up to Daniel. It's likely not as low as 75%. Uh, the story says that the statistics they're claiming is are outright lies. It's one of the many deceptive statistics put forth by the cancer industry in order to scare patients into submitting to extremely toxic protocols that cause more, uh, far more harm than good. They claim that there is not a single cancer patient that's ever been cured by chemotherapy. Uh, they claim that there's not a single documented case in the history of Western medicine. And I don't know if their claims are true either. Sounds a little kooky to me. I'm, but... just, I'm just passing this story on to you. Uh, and why is that? They say, well, it's because conventional medicine operates from the false belief that there is no cure for cancer. Thus, anyone offering a cure is immediately dismissed as a quack. Meanwhile, the real quackery is found in the pushing of toxic chemotherapy chemicals that are injected into the bodies of patients and called treatment when they really should be called torture. What's most disturbing in all of this, of course, is that the state is now forcing parents to poison their own children, requiring that they hand over money to big pharma and conventional cancer treatment centers. The concept of freedom of choice has been stolen away from parents, not to mention the teenager. Yeah. The idea of protecting your children from toxic chemicals has been not just nullified, but made it illegal. So, if your teenager was to want the chemotherapy and the parents were to get in the way, I would be on the side of the teenager. Let this individual decide for themselves what they want to do. In this case, they are all unanimous in their non-interest in chemotherapy. Mom, dad, son, not interested. But they're being forced to do it anyway. You know, um, I can see where someone might decide somewhere along the line that a child wasn't able to make a decision and therefore, uh, you know, the courts should make a decision in their, in, in their lieu, in, in lieu of that. I don't agree with it. I'm, I'm of the opinion that only the parents should be able to decide what uh, children get as far as medical treatment when the child can't decide. I'm of the opinion that a 14-year-old is basically an adult they should be able to make their own decisions about their own you know uh, you know medical medicine they should be able to decide what goes in their bodies mm-hmm. um i 
I, I think that the parents maybe have should have some level of say on it, but I I still think that the kid should have the veto. Absolutely. Um, and if this kid doesn't want chemotherapy, there's no court. I, as far as I'm concerned, there's no court in the land that should tell him that he has to take it. But there are, and there probably are a whole bunch of them. It's but just that we question, don't see the stories very so often. So if it's a 14-year-old, can they do it to a 17-year-old? If they can do it to a 17-year-old, can they do it to a 25-year-old? It was a 16-year-old the last time we yep. had a story like this. And the fact is, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't stop when you're 18. It doesn't. The court may decide that you're incompetent because of age when you're under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. They'll just decide you're incompetent above the age of 18. Yeah, just because you aren't agreeing with the court. Right. I, I, you know, I haven't seen a particular case where the court has decided you will take chemotherapy treatments, but I certainly have seen cases where people have been declared incompetent and for one reason or another because they didn't agree with the court. They're trying to do it. They may be trying to do it to our friend Sam. So I just wanted to, you know, bring that up. The article goes on into more of the alternative therapies that uh, they would suggest that these families try. Uh, but the most important fact about this story is it's happened again. It's happened again where these uh, government courts have told the family, we own you. You'll do as we say. And if you don't, you're going into a cage. What will they do with uh, the young man? If he decides, the uh, 13-year-old boy, if he decides he still doesn't want it, what if they put his parents in the cage? Because they didn't go along with it. They didn't report to the hospital at the appropriate time. Uh, they, they are going to arrest the parents. Then those uh, little boys going to be subject to state ownership completely, right? They'll, they'll, if there are no more parents left, uh, they, I, they may try to hand them over to some relative that will be more obedient. But either way, they're going to end up putting them in under even more control of the state, likely into some sort of state home as a, a foster kid or something like that. And then they're going to try to force him into the, uh, the treatments again. But what if he says he, what if he's in the hospital and still adamant that he does not want these treatments? In fact, he's you know, trying to leave the bed. He's trying to get up. He's trying to leave. They're going to strap his ass down, and they're going to force him to take these treatments. He's not going to take the treatments. They're going to give him the treatments by yeah. force. And how much more un-American can something get? How much more outrageous... Could a story become than that, that that they have taken your freedom to choose for yourself what you do to yourself or what you allow to have done to yourself? And we've always known that in the war on drugs in these other areas, it's crystal clear that the government uh, makes the assertion that you don't own yourself and that they, in point of fact, do. Because if you can't decide to put a certain chemical inside your body to alter your state of consciousness then it's clear that they believe that they own you, that they're willing to lock you in a cage because you've done differently than they have prescribed for you uh, to, to be allowed to do. And then the same thing here is just in the reverse. Here, it's you're not taking our chemicals that we want you to have. So we don't want you to have marijuana, but we do want you to have chemotherapy. So it's the exact, it's the exact same situation, just playing in reverse. Now they've got chemicals they want you to take. If you don't take it, mom and dad go to jail. Yeah. So what are you going to do as a 13-year-old boy? Do you want your mom and dad to go to jail, or do you want to take the chemicals, son? Of course, if mom and dad go to jail, we're going to force them into you anyway. So what's your choice? Don't forget your house is going to be gone and all the stuff that yeah. you own. Your family is going to be destroyed, torn apart. What, what's your preference? 1-800-259-9231. And uh, keep paying taxes, because this is what you're supporting. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 
your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, including the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com, wiki.freetalklive.com, and get interactive. Wiener Dean is a New England event promoter and organizer, and they would like to poll you to find out what you think about some uh, possible ideas for events. Uh, They're looking at maybe doing some live music here in the the Keene area, taking over a private auto racing track in northern New England for a laser show, dance club, kegs, bring your sports car uh, for a tournament kind of thing. House of Prostitution via Rhode Island. I don't even Uh, know know what that could possibly mean. Rooster Pit at the New Hampshire State House. Now that sounds like fun, like fighting, uh, like cockfighting, that kind of thing. I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, Number five, whichever is cheapest. So you can go to Wiener Dean V-E-N-O-R-D-E-N-E, VenerDean.net, and place your vote. So, uh, 800-259-9231 is the number. More on this story about the 13-year-old boy who the government would like to force to take chemotherapy against his wishes and against the wishes of his parents. Uh, I've got a more detailed story thanks to one of my producers, uh, Syphase. We go to, in the meantime, your calls. Ziggy is in the UK across the pond. Hello, Ziggy. Hi, did hey. I hear right that um, Sam uh, might be sent to an asylum? Uh, that's that is what Sam believes they are angling for because they have started to ask. They've asked Ivy, his legal counsel, to submit some sort of uh, paperwork to the court, basically affirming that he is of sound mind. And so, that just based on the fact that they're kind of going in that direction, he believes they may try to uh, to, to put him in a, a crazy house. Well, I think I warned you about this some time ago. I said that it's it, you know, it's it's less likely they'll be sending political activists to jail in the future, and mm-hmm. more like to the asylum. Um, last week, I was thinking about doing my own little protest up in London, and then it suddenly dawned on me that I could get sectioned, as it's called here, and mm-hmm. that's worse than getting sent to jail because if you're committed to an asylum, you have no rights whatsoever. Yeah, they can keep um, you as long as they want. Yeah, and they can uh, force drugs into you. Yeah, exactly. Um, usually, they, they'll they'll for, uh, here they they like to use ECT. Um, I guess I have to explain what it's electrotherapy. They basically induce uh, an epileptic fit. It's so so scary what uh, what could happen here in this case, and hopefully it hopefully it will not come to that. Um, but and of course, we'll certainly let you know as it as this develops. What other thoughts did you have for us tonight, Ziggy? Yeah, I've got a, I've got another story. Uh, it's been a controversy here, rumbling on for a few weeks. Um, basically, uh, the members of Parliament up at Westminster have all been caught with their hands in the till. Uh-oh. They've all been fiddling their expenses. And well, the they need a good slap on the hand. The Speaker of the House, <laughs> who happens to be an MP, and he's meant to regulate their expenses. And um, everyone's going, oh, well, you know, this man has to go. And I kept going around going, yeah, and then what? That's really going to solve everything, isn't it? Oh, that's sure, always he, the solution. You know, he should be sacked because he wasn't doing his job. But, you know, everyone seems to think, oh, the problem's solved. No one ever no, has another solution besides throw the bums out and replace them with some more bums. Yeah, exactly, you know. Um, oh, yeah, one, one last thing. Um Mark, um, you told me about, about Daniel Hannan a few weeks ago. Yeah. Now, uh, there is uh, elections to the European Parliament next month. 
And he is uh, the MEP for my constituency. However, is this the Ron Paul for uh, the UK? Yeah, basically. Well, for the European Parliament. Yeah. Um, okay. There's only one problem. When it comes to voting at the European elections, you don't actually vote for a candidate. You vote for a party. They, it's proportional representation. You ha- uh, they operate on a closed list system, which means that the parties nomina- have a nominated list. You vote for the party, and depending on how many votes that party gets, they get a certain amount of candidates into the European Parliament. So my vote. And then the party determines who those candidates are. Towards other uh, mem- uh, uh, conservative members. I'm sorry, I, I talked over Tom Busey. What did you say? Go ahead. Um, my vote will go to other uh, conservative candidates who will get elected, and as this is a fairly safe conservative area, um, it won't just be him. And I see. So what you're saying is you. that you don't actually choose the candidates. You choose a no. party, and then the party chooses the candidates. Is that the yeah. idea? All right. That's basically it, yeah. Learn something new every night here on Free Talk Live. So, and that's a, that is a dilemma for me, because I do like Daniel Hannan. Right, but but you're not really voting for him. You're voting for a party, and then the, likely the party will pick him and then a bunch of other losers. Exactly. But that's disturbing. That, that's well, the dilemma I have. Well, theoretically, any of the other parties are going to pick a bunch of losers likely like to. him. So... Uh, it's. N- I, I think the parliamentary system is a lot harder for people who want to vote for principled candidates. Mm. But it, I, I guess you could make a trade-off there and say, well, maybe I'll be able to get him in, and if I vote, if I don't vote, or you know, Labor gets it or whatever, we're not, you know, we're not making any improvement. There. I would think that what you would want to do is vote for variety in the parliamentary system because it would seem to me that the more a variety of parties that are in the parliamentary system, the less likely they're to get anything done. But they'll coalition. Of course they will, but, um, you know, <laughs> you, tra- you try to, to make them... In the case of the European Parliament, that's not the branch of the European Union which has the most power. It's the uh, European Commission, the uh, bureaucrats. Isn't that weird? All the European Parliament happens to be is uh, a rubber stamping uh, um, hmm. thing. And basically, all they can do is hold legislation up. They can't. They'll have to approve it eventually. So even if, even if best case scenario, even if this guy actually ends up getting in, this sort of Ron Paul of uh, of over in your area, uh, yeah. even if he does end up getting in, he doesn't even get to vote on anything. He just kind of gets to speak on things and then pass things through. Well, yeah, basically that's how the European Parliament works. Wow. Um, it's, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise looking into the European Union. Um, right. I mean, I like it for Use free the system. free movement of goods and people, uh, of, you know, free movement of goods and people. But apart from that, you know, it is a very centralized, very bureaucratic um, organization. Sounds like Definitely it. Something I don't like. It sounds like something that you couldn't even possibly be- begin to reform. Well, is there a way that the, I mean, I know that the United Kingdom's probably the most skeptical about the European Union in terms of, the, the position that the government has taken so far, is there any... Yeah, we're not it, in the how's Euro, that going? Uh, I mean, we haven't adopted the euro as a currency yet. Right. I mean, is there any chance that the United Kingdom might pull back from the EU, or is that just not going to happen? Um, I, I, I thought I had... I mean, there was, there was talk, some talk when the, Euro, when the uh, United Kingdom uh, economy started to take a dive that if, you know... I mean, the thing is, the government's borrowing is, is, is so high that if this country went bankrupt, then who would bail us out? And the, the, the likelihood would be the European Union. And I would imagine that the, 
the deal would be that we would have to join the EU yeah, you'd be Euro owned. and sign up for the, the, whole the, the UK project. The, yeah, the state would be uh, the UK state would be then owned lock, stock, and barrel at that point, just yeah. in the same way that like, California is about to be. Thanks for the call tonight. Yeah. I appreciate hearing from you, Ziggy. Yeah, the, the, of course, the new news out of California, I think I heard recently, is that they are way in trouble financially, even more so than before at this point. And I think it was forty billion dollars yeah. is what I'd heard. This is the state with the economy that's larger than France, and they just. All that money, they still can't balance the books. And they're going to take it from the federal government, most likely, down the line, which means you and I are going to pay to bail out all of the bums in uh, California. More on the way. You take control. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including archives. If you missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours free at freetalklive.com. Com and Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up today. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. They have the Politically Incorrect Guide to American History, and that's the one I'm going to get. Isn't that uh, who who wrote that one? I don't know the the author's name. I do know Is that, that Tom Woods. It sounds right. I mean, I'm I'm not sure. It's it, it's a, that's a name that I've recognized, yeah. but I couldn't tell you whether he's the author of it or not. But it it does sound like one that I'm really going to enjoy. So that's what I'm going to get. Cool. Uh, that's uh, audiblepodcast.com/ftl. Get your own free book, audiobook. All right, so uh, let's continue here. The story out of New Ulm, Minnesota. More details uh, before we continue with your calls on this young man. 13-year-old Daniel Hauser, who has uh, made the decision that he is not interested in chemotherapy. Now, the doctors are saying, he needs to have it or else he might die. And okay, well, let me take that risk. It's my life. I should be able to make these, these choices for myself. I mean, I might die if I go up on top of a building or get into a car or get in an airplane. I mean, there are all kinds of things that might re- result in my immediate demise. Uh, but I'm allowed to make all of those choices. But when it comes to uh, public health, when it comes to my oh, my health, if I'm a teenager, I don't get to make those choices. And maybe we will get to the point where adults will also not be able to make their own choices uh, for their own health care. Maybe we'll get there soon because uh, they'll start with the teenagers and move out from there. Uh, but the story is uh, updated as of tonight. So freshly updated. Story from New Ulm, Minnesota at care11kare11.com. A judge has now issued an arrest warrant for the mother of the 13-year-old boy who's resisting chemotherapy after the pair missed a court hearing on his welfare. Just the mother? Apparently. Is that odd? Brown County District Judge John Rodenberg also ordered that Daniel Hauser be placed in protective custody. That means stolen from his parents. Mm. So he can get proper 
medical treatment for Hodgkin's lymphoma. The cancer is considered highly curable with proper treatment, but Daniel quit chemo after a single treatment and with his parents opted instead for alternative medicine, citing religious beliefs. That led authorities to seek custody. Rodenberg last week ruled that Daniel's parents, Colleen and Anthony Hauser, were medically neglecting their son. The family was due in court on Tuesday to tell the judge results of a chest x-ray and arraignments for an oncologist. But Daniel's father was the only one who appeared. He told Rodenberg he last saw, uh, seen his wife on Monday evening. He testified that she said she was going to leave. She said, that's all you need to know. And that's all I know. He said his wife left her cell phone at home. That's a good idea, by the way. If you're gonna if you're gonna be on the run from the cops and you're going to have a cell phone with you, take the battery out. Do not have that. So even if the phone is turned off, if it has the battery in it, there is still a chance that they can activate it uh, silently and find out where you are. So if well, you must, it's bring probably the cell phone. best to have the cell phone with you in ca- in case you need it, right? Like they I could agree. end up on the side of a mountain. Yes. And in that case, it would be better to be found. I think yeah. that you should have the cell phone with you. Take the, the battery. You know, out. Take the battery out. I think that's probably the pref- preferential. I don't know the whole battery out thing's kind of crazy. I, th- I thought you could just turn it off. Uh uh-uh. uh no sir no sir. Uh, the family's doctor James Joyce testified by telephone that Daniel's tumor has grown and he needs immediate assessment by a pediatric cancer doctor. Joyce said he examined Daniel on Monday with an x-ray showing his tumor had grown to the size it was when he was first diagnosed. He said he's basically gotten back all the trouble he had in uh, January. Daniel was accompanied by his mother and Susan Daya, who who Joyce said was an attorney from California, uh, testified that he offered to make appointments for Daniel, the doctor testified, with oncologists at the Children's Hospital or elsewhere, but the Housers declined. He also t- said he tried to give Daniel more information about lymphoma, but that Daya, Daniel, and his mother left in a rush. Under Susan Daya's urging, they indicated they had other places to go. Daya didn't immediately return a page left on her cell phone. And besides examining the chest x-ray, the doctor said he asked Daniel how he was feeling. Boy told him he had pain on the right side of his chest, which Daniel rated a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10. Joyce said the pain was around the port that was inserted into Daniel's chest to administer chemotherapy. He attributed the pain to the growing tumor, which is pushing the port out of place. Daniel also told the doctor he'd had a cough, though he wasn't having any trouble breathing. In his ruling last week, the judge wrote that he would not order chemotherapy if Daniel's prognosis was poor, but if the outlook was good. It appeared chemotherapy and possibly radiation was in the boy's best interest, he wrote. And this is the problem, that bureaucrats, unaccountable bureaucrats, are deciding what is in your best interest. Right. You do not get that choice. You know, if, if this chemotherapy, uh, for some reason or another, kills Daniel, what, what, do, what happens to the judge? Does he lose Nothing. a son? Does he lose the most valuable thing that he's ever had in life? It's not likely there will even be a follow-up article if the kid no, dies. He probably l- won't lose a, a, a wink of sleep. No, Nothing will happen doing, to him. He thinks this he's doing is what's not right. the best person to make this decision. He may very well be deciding, be, be think that he's doing what's right. He may very well think that. He is, however, not the best person to make that decision. What he thinks is right for this boy is well and good, but it is irrelevant. Rodenberg wrote that state statutes require parents to provide necessary medical care for a child. The statutes say that alternative and complementary health care methods are not enough. So how sweet of a deal is that for the AMA and the doctors' mm-hmm. uh, associations out there that have, have, have lobbied for protection from the government? The government's own rules basically say, hey, you have to use our services. 
Right. And by the time this kid manages to get his case to the Supreme Court to decide whether or not that law um, that was, you know, that they passed was unconstitutional in the state of Minnesota, he'll have taken so many of these uh, treatments that there's nothing they can do. Daniel testified. They designed the system that way so that you fail to get it, it, so that you have to do what they say. The law is a law, Mark. It's a nation of laws. You yep. need to obey. You don't obey. Look, if if the you if, voted for if this, you don't right. If you don't obey what this judge says, if this woman doesn't obey, she goes to jail. Yep. If the judge doesn't obey what this woman says, nothing happens. This is completely you know an, an unequal relationship. She is not sovereign in her own home. She does not to get make decisions for her family. This judge does. Daniel testified that he believed the chemo would kill him and told the judge in private testimony unsealed later that if anyone tries to force him to take it, he said this, I'd fight it, I'd punch them, and I'd kick them. So this boy is very determined. Taser, trank gun, no problem. That's right. They'll take him out. Yep. And they'll force the chemicals into him. Right. This kid will fight. What do you do when the the government comes and tells you how you're going to medicate your kid? What, what do you do? You do? What, what's the next step? What are you going to do when Mom's the government the says how you're going to educate your kid? What are you going to do when She's the government running. says how you're going to feed your kid? How you're going to clothe your kid? Where your kid's going to spend his day? You know What he's going to learn in school? What are you going to do about it? You're not going to do anything, anything about it. You'll just be you're a good You're going to suck surf. it up yep. and do it. Because you're scared. Because you can't imagine what might happen if you were to say no. And because you know what's going to happen when you say no. Unless you're in a place where there's enough people saying no to the government already. And that's starting here in New Hampshire. Perhaps you have a chance. It's starting here in New Hampshire. It's not a guarantee that you'll have a chance. It's a chance that you'll have a chance. We've got a better chance than anywhere else here with our like-minded friends and uh, people that are getting together and getting active for freedom because how much more of this can you take? I mean, this is just because it's happening to this kid doesn't mean you're safe. Just because your son or daughter doesn't have cancer doesn't mean you're safe from this kind of arbitrary rule over your health. It's the God's honest truth. They tell you in Pennsylvania you can't te- feed your kid raw milk. Really? Where? Where? I mean, and there are several other states that that's true too. There's raw milk civil disobedience out there. You won't move to the Free State Project because your wife won't let you. Well, it's your wife cold. isn't going to have a family. It's too cold. And not Mark, one that she cold. can tell how they grow up. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything. Your thoughts on this? How would you handle it if you were the parents? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Just dial 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's in here with you. Yeah, Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Doesn't matter what you need, uh, what you're needing, they've got it. They've got dozens of categories, even used items. If you need to save a few extra bucks off their already low prices, you can get it all at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com or virtually all of it. And Free Talk Live will get a cut if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We go to your phone calls. Uh, we'll talk to Jesse in Oregon. Jesse, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there, Jesse in oh. Oregon. Hi there. Hey, you're on the air. 
Okay, so I originally called to bring that, what you were just talking about in the last segment, to your attention. But you've pretty much said everything that I would have want, wanted to hear from you. <laughs> what about you if you were a parent? Uh, we're talking about Daniel Hauser, a 13-year-old boy, his parents, and he are not interested in subjecting him to chemotherapy. Uh, the judge in, the, uh, judge has, uh, in New Ulm, Minnesota, has decided that, well, screw you. Uh, we own you. We're going to do what we want. So we're going to take your son and force him into chemotherapy. Uh, and so now the latest is mom has apparently run off with uh, with her son, which... What else can you do? Godspeed. They're, they're running away. They're going into hiding. Uh, I, I hope they. Say, the only thing you can do is go camping. The, would that be what you would do as a parent? Is is uh, run away? It's it's either obey or go camping. You know. Well, this camping's a long time. I mean, that's a lot, lot of long time camping. I guess you'd have to oh, camp and, and move. What's I mean, that? that? I mean, what other choice can you have? It, they took the kid away. Move to Buenos Aires. Yeah, I like the idea of moving out of the country. I think that probably makes more sense than anything else. Also, um, the other thing is is that you have to understand the the other uh, portion of this is is this may not have happened in another state. Different states have different rules, and maybe uh, I don't know. I don't see this happening in Texas. <laughs> Maybe it well, just hasn't too, had the opportunity. Right. I mean, it's too late in this particular case yep. for these people because... The, the, now the judge has to, already made right, the order. Right, and the other states will extradite no matter what they happen to think of the order. Will yep. they? Well, well they'll will. extradite. Oh, yes. He's a fugitive from justice. Probably kidnapping charges could be applied, too. It is her own kid, as ridiculous as that is, but... So would they they'll extradite charge with it. on a misdemeanor? I mean, what will they extradite on? Just anything? It depends on the state, but she'll shoot her on the side of the road for not obeying you. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's a fugitive from justice. If you're if you're if you're disobeying a court order and fleeing a state, mm. you're you're fair game as far as any other state is concerned, and they they won't think twice about extraditing you. Any other thoughts, Jesse? Yeah, I actually I wanted to change my topic mm. um, since you guys had covered everything, and Go I ahead. just wanted to tell you guys that. Free Talk Live and the Liberty Movement has essentially ruined my life. Wow! <laughs> what, what, what happened? I, I, I'm joking, but um, you know, just I, I've, I've recently come upon voluntarism, mm-hmm. libertarianism, and things, and now I watch a television show, and I can't root for the good guys because I realize the cops are not the good guys. You know, I, I can't enjoy Die Hard anymore. <laughs> You know? Oh, I could still enjoy Die Hard. What a fine you gotta, film. You've got to kind of realize that, first off, um, you, you know, there's good guys in the police. and I, you know, not, yeah, John McClane was stopping real terrorists, man. I mean, he's, he's doing good work there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it just makes me... Um, or, like, I was watching Newsies with my nephew the other day. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, that's a movie about a group of kids that deliver newspapers mm-hmm. forming a union. And so I'm trying to explain to my six-year-old nephew that unions are bad, and then my family gets mad. Well, at are me. unions bad? I think that unions are only really bad when they are granted certain privileges over a business owner by the the violent monopoly. Right. I don't have a, the, the, I don't the have a problem with uh, six uh, newspaper kids getting together and saying. You know what? We're not going to deliver these darn papers unless you give us bubble gum too. No, wasn't it like uh, the kids with a kind of Cockney accent uh, in that in that movie? That was Christian Bale. Yeah, but they had a Cockney accent in that movie, right? Oh, the right? other one, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I haven't seen the movie. I just recall it being like one of those turn-of-the-century Britain kind of films. And Was it taking place in Great Britain, or was it... I think uh... it was actually New York. Oh, okay. I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't seen uh, it. But, 
I'm trying, or like old punk rock music, you know, like the, the, we'll talk about anarchy and chaos, and, and it just makes me think like that's what everybody else thinks of me if I say like, well, I'm an anarchist. Yeah, nope. that's why I would never say that I'm an anarchist, because people don't understand, and I don't feel like explaining the uh, the nuances to them. That's why it's easier to just start with volunteerist. I see where you're coming from. You're frustrated that uh, your worldview has been shattered, right. and uh, it's difficult living in the uh, this world of pop culture that we're in because everybody else is just so wrong, and you get it. Right, and and try to try to imagine the word anarchist as, you know, I'm a cannibal. No, no, I don't mean like a cannibal like you're thinking of a cannibal. <laughs> yeah. What I mean when I say I'm a cannibal is I only eat the people that say that I'm allowed to eat them. <laughs> uh, do, do, I mean, that's how it shows up for people, and it's one yeah. of the reasons, like, perhaps one shouldn't use term, uh, you know, the term anarchist. And I'm getting to be that way about the term libertarian. Oh, my gosh. You want to talk about the term libertarian? Have I got a story for you uh, here in a little bit? But, uh, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I th- I'm sure it's a frustration that a lot of people feel. But, hey, you're here, and you really can't go back, can you? Not really. But, you know, when you show people the gun in the room, they say, well, then you're an anarchist. And it, it just it, it pains me bad. I really wish I could. Well, maybe a, a friend of mine came up with a, a little statement that I really like. Look, I'm not against government. I'm just against the authoritarian model of government that forces people to do things that they don't want to do when they haven't hurt anyone else. Sounds totally reasonable to me. You know, just to take innocent people that have nothing to do with it, you know, I'm against the authoritarian model of government that steals people's money and forces them to do things when they've never done anything to anyone else. I find that a lot of people uh, associate the term anarchist with one who is not interested in following rules. And there may be some validity to why they believe that way. Uh, And I think that the the term anarchy does sort of suggest a a lack of rule. Um, and that's why one of the reasons why I distance myself from it because right. I'm all in favor of rules. It's I think kind rules of a, are great. You know, on private property that you consent to. I think it's kind of fun to call oneself an anarchist. I mean, I I have I've said it myself and and felt like I had a fun time saying it when you were 18. No, actually, um, I've I've said it you know off air to other people just to try it out oh, and really? see how it works for me. Um, and I you know kind of enjoy that terminology, but. You you know, it's a dangerous thing. It's like playing with a gun. You you never know um, you know how it's going to work with the other person. Any other thoughts, Jesse? Um, um, I, I heard a right winger today say the government was violent. Yeah, that uh, sounds like my progress. My jaw dropped. Who was it? Lars Larson. Gosh. Lars Larson. Yeah. Lars said that? Thanks for the call tonight. When we saw him at the Radio Rumble, he was all for big government. Well, Obama's in charge now, so now government is violent. When it was Bush, it was compassionate conservatism. Uh, Let's talk to Spencer, listening to WSVG in Virginia. Hello, Spencer. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just uh, was was appalled by hearing the report of the the young boy in Minnesota being... Me too. Welcome to the land of the free, Spence. How's it feel? Not very good. No. Still paying taxes? I, uh, absolutely. <laughs> Do I have a choice? Well, you always have a choice. I guess the question is, uh, you know, what sort of consequences are you willing to accept? Right, right. Uh, just, uh, I had I've had cancer in my family. Mm-hmm. I had a brother who died at 17 after taking radiation and chemotherapy, mm-hmm. and the doctor said this was going to cure him. 
Oops. And that obviously didn't happen. And uh, so my when my mother got breast cancer, um, doctors said radiation chemotherapy or you won't survive. Are you still there? She chose. She okay. chose to do a, a different option and and uh, lived another twenty eight years. That's after that's that fantastic. When they said she didn't have a ch- you know five percent chance of living three years. You know, even if this young man is going to de- in in the process of his death throes, even if he's just a few weeks away uh, from from potentially dying because of this tumor that that he has. I would much rather be dying in a situation in which I was surrounded by my loved ones who uh, were understanding of the situation I was in than have to die in the situation of having to go to court and deal with a bunch of government bureaucrats all day, every single day, because they are trying to control me. What a, You want to talk about a stressful, sickening situation. Yeah. That would make me want to kill myself. Absolutely. Yeah, you want people around you that support your decision, not are forcing something else on you. It's outrageous. Spence, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Or Spencer, thank you for uh, listening to the program. Appreciate your call. Hope to hear from you again. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Boy, you want to talk about destroying the term libertarian, Mark, since you brought it up. And since we're talking about talk show hosts, Lars Larson was mentioned a few moments ago. What does Michael Savage have to do with the Libertarian Party? You know, hate-filled, bigot, talk show host Michael Savage. More on the way. Hour 3 is coming up. We'll tell you. Hey, the other day I bought my first firearm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. At 357? Match. I even got a $5 disguise discount. Nice. All I had to do was sign up for the military. Sign what? Huh? Not if you die on Talk Live, and we're launching into hour number three of the program. You can dial in, bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com as we start things out by going right into your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Let's go to Rich, listening in New Hampshire. Rich, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Well, hello, gang. Hey, Rich, what's on your mind tonight? Well, just a reminder to the listeners, you were talking about this case where this this kid is being forced into chemotherapy and, uh, and so on. That's correct. A judge has issued an order demanding that uh, parents, uh, there's a couple parents and their 13-year-old son that do not want chemotherapy. None of them are interested in having their son go through chemotherapy, including the young man. And that doesn't matter to the judge in, this, in, in the case. He has mandated that they submit him to chemotherapy, else they will be arrested. And indeed, he has ordered the arrest of the mother because she and the son did not show up to a court hearing this week. Uh, they have disappeared and uh, that's about all that you can do in a situation like that. Your, your thoughts, Rich? Yes, I have a prophetic quote. This was from Benjamin Rush. Dr. Benjamin Rush, he was the, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, but did not sign the Constitution. And he said, hmm. unless we put medical freedom into the Constitution, the time will come when medicine will organize into an undercover dictatorship. 
to restrict the art of healing to one class of men mm. will constitute the Bastille of medical science. All such laws are un-American and despotic. He called it, because that's what he we've sure got. Did. We've got a medical monopoly, essentially. Yeah, you can go out and get your alternative treatments as long as you're allowed to by the judge. Uh, in this particular case, you are not. So if they decide that uh, you are not treating yourself in a way that they deem appropriate, there's a good chance that you will be forced to treat yourself in the way they think that you should. And if you think that you can get away with this, if you think that, well, I'm grown up now, I'm not 13, I'm, I'm 19, or I'm 91, or I'm 60, and I can determine for myself uh, what kind of treatments I have, you are not correct. Even if you believe you're picking from a marketplace of ideas, you're still wrong because the marketplace is restricted by that uh, the, the doctor's game. I mean, essentially, they've gotten into control. They've got the AMA. It's a very powerful lobbying group they've gotten in there and they have lobbied for their brand of medicine as you're pointing out rich to be the preferred brand of medicine all other brands cannot you know if you are a natural uh, naturopath or you mm-hmm. uh, you're a chemical your company that's putting out natural uh, healing solutions you can't advertise what your products do even if you know for a fact that they do it even if it's you know it's a, it's a, a bygone or foregone conclusion that your products are effective at solving a certain malady you can't advertise it because men with guns calling themselves the FDA will come in and if you don't think the FDA has an enforcement division you're you're wrong uh, they will come in and stop you they're going after Cheerios now saying yes. it has to register as a new drug because it lowers they claim that it will lower your cholesterol if you eat it as part of a low fat diet and that's a you know a claim that only the FDA can approve of even if there's science that clearly proves that claims correct right even if they're citing the science, even if they've got the citation, right. it's have, still illegal. You have to go through the FDA's prescribed process of getting a drug approved. How much does that cost? Bill, like a billion dollars or something? And it takes well a, over a decade. Yeah. So that's what's right. so Cheerios has to pull that claim from their boxes until they go through that process, which they probably aren't going to do because it's going to make Cheerios really expensive. And that's not to mention the so-called war on drugs and recreational drug use. Mm -hmm. It's all related. Absolutely it is. If it's not within the prescribed paradigm of what is health care, then there's a good chance it's either been already made illegal like marijuana or MDMA or other illegal drugs, uh, or that it's it's well on the way to being outlawed. A lot of these uh, traditional medicine guys would love to see the alternatives made just completely unavailable. I mean, it'd be better for their business, right? If you can take all the other alternatives out of the marketplace and make yourself more into a monopolistic uh, situation, that's good for your business. It's not good for anybody's health, uh, but it's good for your business. Rich, any other thoughts? Yeah. You were, uh, you were talking about how this can affect people of all ages. As a matter of fact, I had a friend in Montana whose elderly mother was taken by the Family Protective Services because uh, the... My friend had decided to uh, take care of her and wean her off some of the drugs that were clearly having an awful effect on on the mother. And long story short, one day the 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 social workers came up came came to check up on him and saw how much better the mother was doing and said, "Wow, she's doing great. You ever is she taking all the meds?" <laughs> and my naive friend told oh, the no. truth and said, "Well, oh. no." I took her off the meds because they were killing her. And look how much better she's doing. And uh, within hours, the uh, 
a couple of burly police showed up and, and took the mother off by force. She was, I think she was in her 90s. She was pretty old. And uh, and then my friend was forbidden to, to see her without supervision. They had her back on all the drugs and everything. And so the mother was dead within four months. Yeah, I was going to say, it wouldn't have been long after that that she probably passed away. Uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me that uh, on both ends of the scale, that's how things are operating. It's, it's, it's the same story, right? Oh, you're too old to take care of yourself. You're too old to make decisions. You're too young to make decisions for yourself. And you yep. parents, you can't make any choices. If you're, not, if you're not too old and you're too young, you're too crazy. And that's yeah, all that's there is it. to it. That's it. One or the other. It's sick. I thank you for the call tonight and the story and the qu- great quote. Thanks, uh, Rich. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You don't own yourself. They own you. We continue and talk to Jeremy in Rhode Island. You're on Free Talk Live, Jeremy. Hi. Uh, I was like, I'm in New Hampshire right now. Oh. I went to a convenience store with my girlfriend. I'm 22. She's 20. Yes. She turns 21 a month. And we went in there just to pick up some other items. Yeah. And I saw some beer that I really liked, and I picked it up. So when I went to it, they actually demanded both of our IDs. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty so my common. Thing is, where do they draw that line? You know, what if I'm there with someone that I'm watching who's a child? That's the question that I like to ask about it, because I find it absolutely ludicrous that you're not allowed to walk through a checkout line with someone who's 17 or 20 or 16, but if you've got a 10-year-old with you, they can't check his ID, so they'll just wave him through? Uh, is it is it more, is it somehow just really less likely that you would give your 10-year-old a beer? There are some families where nobody has a problem with uh, their... their uh, I think, the, I think the first one I had, I was like eight. Yeah. And I didn't drink the whole beer, mind you. I was given a sip of beer by my uncle, as I recall. And, you know, somehow I don't think we were a bunch of classless uh, trailer dwellers or anything like that. Mm. I, I think that that's normal. I've still yet to figure out if this is a law or a policy that they put into place because they're afraid of being busted. My understanding I, is it would be store policy. They're just... They're just assuming that you might be buying it for somebody. So essentially, from my understanding of law, you just have to card anyone you're selling alcohol to. And I don't know for sure. I haven't checked up on all you know all the regulations out there. But I'm pretty sure they're not mandated to check the other person's ID. I think you probably are right on that. I would love to hear from somebody who's worked in a, you know, as a store clerk who could really clarify this because it was happening down in Florida. It's happening here in New Hampshire. I've had clerks tell me that it's uh, that it's both the law or store policy. And of course, as you pointed out, Mark, they don't really know uh, necessarily for sure. So take it with a grain of salt, whatever they say. Uh, but it, but I, I, it is my understanding that the, the the laws do tend to say that if the clerk has knowledge that you are likely buying it for someone who is underage. So like if you're standing in the line and your 17-year-old friend says, oh, I can't wait to toss one of those back, well, then that the clerk would then obviously have knowledge at that point. Yeah, I well, I have worked to register at a convenience store before since my parents owned one, and okay. they worked the register. And I know that that's essentially where they drew the line because they did have – instances where it was clear that somebody younger was coming in with somebody else and pointing out the beer that they wanted and then having the other person buy it for them, which is, you know, that's 
you don't, you can get in trouble for that. It's so. just the stores being scared, uh, and I I, th- I feel your frustration. I thank you for the call. They're frightened of the consequences, and the consequences could be uh, big fines, loss of their alcohol licensing, and so they try to tread very very carefully. And unfortunately, we all suffer because if we make the mistake of bringing our young friends in the store with us, we don't get to bring, uh, buy any beer. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything, just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we continue, we'll take your calls, if you make them, about absolutely anything. Otherwise, we continue uh, with things interesting to us. Now, Mark, you had mentioned last hour... That you're getting more and more concerned over time with the term libertarian and yep. associating it with yourself. And I share this concern. Nick, uh, not sure how you feel about being labeled a libertarian. Um, I'm fine labeling myself as a libertarian. I, The way I see it, if you give up the title libertarian, you're just going to have to keep giving up whatever you describe yourself as because people are always going to try to co-opt you to some degree. So you can call yourself something else, a free marketeer, I guess, but I'm sure there will be people who will try to co-opt that, too. That's probably, that could be true. You're right about that, that uh, once a term gets to a certain point of popularity, there's a good chance that people that are not necessarily uh, adherents to that particular viewpoint will come in into the picture and try to ruin your fun. And that's certainly what has happened with the libertarians uh, out there, specifically the Libertarian Party. But I, for one, don't have a problem changing the the term. That way I can uh, constantly redefine myself and uh, do not have to be defined by the actions of others that I don't necessarily have control over. And at this point in time, the term voluntarist doesn't have any baggage attached to it like the term libertarian does. Uh, and another thing that I've found out, uh, I you know make telephone calls every day for to make uh, you know for ads for Free Talk Live here, mm-hmm. and um, I've I you know people ask you one of the first questions that they ask you when you get on the show phone about. is uh, well is it yeah what's the show about it? Well, it's open lines, current events, uh, show kind of kind of newsy, you know a little politically that kind of thing. And I, you know, explain that, and then they say, um, okay, so you guys conservative or liberal, or left or right? One, one of those two questions is the next thing out of their mouth. Once you just say, you know, I'm not some long-haired uh, rock and roller uh, spinning discs for people. I'm doing a talk show. Are you left or right? Right. You must be one or the other, right? You have That's to be one of the two. All Americans are. So I uh, say, well, you know, uh, that's what everybody asks, and, and neither <laughs> is r- really the answer. We are neither yeah. Republican nor Democrat. Ah, so you're middle of the road. My, well, sometimes they'll say that, and that's rare. Really? Uh, usually they'll they'll just be quiet, and I say, you know, we're both my uh, partner and I are are pro liberty, and some Ooh. of them at that point will say libertarian. Those are the ones that you sort of know, but they're still dangerous. Because they d- still don't know necessarily what a libertarian is. Because at this point, they could say, "Well, libertarian party, libertarian." Bob Barr, but, but, he's a libertarian, right? right you know that. Yeah. So a little bit of knowledge isn't that useful in this particular arena. And that's about all people have, if anything, on the term libertarian is a little right. bit of knowledge. Because libertarians are what Republicans that smoke pot. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things, you know, thoughts out there about what liber- libertarians are, and I don't want to be associated with necessarily. Oh well, I'm from Atlanta. I know what a libertarian is. I listen. To Neil Bortz. <laughs> I've heard that. 
and I, I just, I, I don't know. I well, have a real the, problem with it. The Libertarian Party is the, I think the, uh, the organization that has done the damage here. Um, the Libertarian Party was founded originally. My understanding, it wasn't there when it happened, but it's my understanding that it was founded as uh, an educational outreach kind of thing. Like, oh, let's get our ideas into the political process. The ideas of real freedom and non-aggression. Well, you have to remember that when it was founded, I, it was founded by a handful of people in, as I recall, a living room, if I remember the story That's correctly. That's correct, David Nolan's living room. So they were being pragmatic in one sense. They might not have thought they would remain purely an educational and outreach organization forever, but obviously you have to start somewhere. Sure, and they've changed from an educational organization to an organization that is willing to, uh, to just throw its principles aside in order to attempt to actually win an election. This has been the mentality of the libertarian, uh, the people that are in charge of the libertarian party for a long time now. Uh, the idea has been, well, okay, this whole talking about non-aggression thing, this, this true message of liberty, it's too radical. It's too crazy for the American people. What we need to do is water down the message, try to make ourselves sound more like Republicans and Democrats so we can take those voters over here to our party and then we can sneak our ideas of freedom in underneath the radar and get elected that way. That's working out well. It has not worked well <laughs> at all. Uh, they tried to do that with uh, with Bob Barr this year as their presidential candidate, eschewing a real libertarian, uh, Mary Ruart, from actually being their candidate. They've picked this uh, political political slimeball, uh, Bob Barr, who all of a sudden has found liberty, right? Except he hasn't because he doesn't really get it. He doesn't understand the, the principles of, uh, of freedom. Well, he might understand them. He's just he's not, not a, interested in promoting them. He's not aligned with them. That is for, for certain. But this man was chosen. And it's a, tis, it's a testament to how infiltrated the Libertarian Party has become. But it's not just Bob Barr. It was just a, just a few weeks ago that we told you about how they are advocating border control in the, the wake of the swine flu the libertarian party the party of principle of non-aggression against their neighbors is advocating quarantining people and, and border control i'm so sorry that they didn't shut down all the borders and commerce and everything that makes the united states function in the world i, I mean looking back on it it's pretty clear to see that they were advocating a crazy at the time we were criticizing it but Looking back on it, clearly, well, the swine flu hasn't really taken off like right. some were predicting. More, so more people will die this month from flu than from, from swine flu. flu from, from swine flu, yeah. Yeah more, yeah, more people will probably have died during the course of this broadcast from car accidents than have died so far in the U.S. from swine flu. I think it's six people, which is statistically speaking, nothing. But what a reactionary, statist thing to do. Uh, sure. For the so-called Libertarian Party. But if you thought that was bad, if you thought it's been bad up until now, it just keeps getting worse. It's like they just keep pouring gasoline <laughs> onto the inferno uh, of the, the, the corpse, the rotting corpse that is the Libertarian Party. And I, I'm reporting on it here because, well, there are still people that are paying attention to third parties and they think they have some sort of relevance and like, oh, let's get into the LP and change things. Well, hey, at the, I mean, at the state level and at local levels, if somebody wants to run for city council as a libertarian, they have an active local libertarian party. I don't think it makes a big difference what people at the national level are doing. You're going to face an uphill battle. And... I just don't want to be associated with these people. I don't want to share a term uh, that I associate myself with with these people. And let me give you another example. The, the running mate of Bob Barr last year was a man named Wayne Allen Root. 
who was widely cri- uh, criticized by those of us who actually do love freedom as, uh, you know, another uh, Trojan horse, uh, again, another wolf in sheep's clothing. Probably Somebody worse was, than Bob Barr. I yeah, mean, he was real bad. He didn't do as much damage since he was the vice presidential nominee, but he... Right. But, Philosophically, he was terrible. Yeah, he was just like a, you know, a, a an old school conservative coming in with his uh, statist nonsense. I wouldn't even say that much in yeah. his favor. Well, here's the story out of theagitator.com. In the last two weeks, this is Radley Balco, man that runs the site, writing. He says, I've spoken at two Libertarian Party events, at a meeting of the Clark County, Nevada Party last week, and at the Indiana-Kentucky State Party Convention this past weekend. Both events went well, and I met some great people. At both events, my own speech was preceded by a speech from Wayne Allen Root, the party's candidate for vice president in 2008, who has apparently already made himself a candidate for the 2012 nomination. I won't comment on the bulk of Root's speeches because I was invited to both events as a speaker and not a journalist or a blogger, which is his way of saying this guy sucks, but I'm not going to spend any time actually trashing the content of his speech because he's got something much more important to relay about what this man, Mr. Root, is doing in the name of the Libertarian Party or the Libertarian Movement. Uh, And it has to do with Michael Savage, one of the most hate-filled talk radio hosts out there. More on the way. We'll tell you the story. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, totally free. So enjoy those on us. Features including the bulletin board system, over 450 thousand posts. There's a lot to talk about. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Six nights a week we talk about some pretty serious issues here on Free Talk Live. Police brutality, the war on drugs, the economic crisis, but I've got something to cheer you up. Comic books. Witness the uplifting adventures of Minuteman, Liberty Lad, El Diablo, and more in the pages of Freedom Force. Uh, the author of Freedom Force is a Free State Project member. He's uh, very close to the show. He's uh, one of our producers. And he's moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project. He needs to clear out the last of his issues of uh, Freedom Force so that he can, you know, not have to move them. And, Makes uh, sense. Yeah. He's basically having a, a moving sale. And Fire sale. You know, he's going to, for the, for the cost of the shipping, he's going to send you Damn. Two, two sets of, uh, of Freedom Force comics. Um, That's crazy. He's, yep. he's lost his marbles. <laughs> he's, he's insane. He's just trying to get rid of them, really. He just wants to get his, uh, get his stuff so he can move. And but you've intended- read these, right? Yeah, yeah, I have, and I've enjoyed them thoroughly. Okay. <laughs> um, I've got a, a set set aside for Jack when he gets older. Um, and I hope, I hope that he'll read the ones that I have already read so that we can keep the uh, other set nice. But either way, his choice. There, they'll be his. And uh, so that's two sets. The shipping's included for 15 bucks. And uh, you can get them while the supplies last. You go to comics.thundergodexpress.com. It's comics.thundergodexpress.com. So you can get a hell of a deal on some comic books yeah. and get them delivered for the cost of shipping. Essentially. Uh, and also help a free stater get here to New Hampshire. Yeah, basically he needs to get rid of his stuff and, and get moving, and this will be a great way to do it. 
Sweet. All right, what was the website on that again? It's comics.thundergodexpress.com. All right, so the Libertarian Party continues to implode on uh, upon itself, and it is just a spectacle to watch it happen. It's a sad spectacle because... You know, I did spend a number of years of my life working to advance uh, the interests of the Libertarian Party, going out and doing outreach and uh, setting up booths and talking to people about the Libertarian Party. Well, the whole idea behind it is that the Libertarian Party is there to advance the cause of liberty, or at least that was the idea at one point. I agree with you, and that's what I was doing primarily, was talking about liberty with people, but under the auspices of representing the Libertarian Party, and now I see what what has happened to them, and it has been happening slowly over the last mm, half a decade at the very least. Uh, It's just that they've been spiraling down into a pit of statism and uh, authoritarianism, and it just keeps getting worse. The story from theagitator.com, where Radley Balco is reporting on a couple of speeches he's recently given at Libertarian Party meetings, which he said generally were pretty good events. He had a good time, except for the fact that he followed up Wayne Allen Root, who was the Libertarian Party's vice presidential candidate in 2008, who is in no way, uh, shape or form, anything like a principled, liberty-loving individual. And so instead of critiquing Root's speech and his points... Uh, Balka wants to make another point, and that is that he said that uh, I will comment on one thing Root mentioned in both of his speeches because it's essentially public information. In touting his ability to win high-profile media coverage, hey, I'm a hotshot, I'm great, I'm out here getting high-profile, look at me, I'm in the uh, the limelight telling yep. people about the Libertarian Party. And it's kind of like that guy who, uh, I don't remember his name, He was was he a wrestler? No, he was in the movie, uh, the Predator movie, right? Yeah. yeah he uh, went in there and... Jesse Ventura? No, no it wasn't no. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was the guy who played Johnny. It was the oh, Indian. Sonny Landham. Yes. yes. <laughs> there have been a lot of uh, yeah. president or candidates that have come that out. That was probably the worst. Libertarian-ish. Choice ever. And, uh, you know, they, they, they use the mantle of libertarian, and then they go out there and they say or do something that is not libertarian. It's pretty ugly. Well, to the credit of that particular state party that was running him as a candidate, they disavowed any association with him. Well, after the state he... party is for libertarians. You can kind of trust them. Yeah, the it's... New Hampshire state party withdrew from the National Libertarian Party a few years ago. Right. It's the national parties that are a pro- the national party that's a problem. But they're still ruining the term. The national party is the one that gets the most attention. Right. So the candidates that go out there that get the most attention for the libertarian party, be it state, national, or whatever, are the ones that are least likely to be libertarians. So yeah. therefore, you wouldn't want to use them anyway. I mean, I suppose uh, uh, Glenn Jacobs, Kane, could go out there and run as a libertarian candidate for, I, I don't know, what states? Uh, what state's he living Tennessee. in? Tennessee. Uh, he could run as the governor of Tennessee or something like that. He might have a shot because he's... Glenn Jacobs. He needs to do that here in New Hampshire. I would like that, uh, but he's you know he's got family familial ties going on. In, but uh, he has a house here in New Hampshire. He is a Free State Project member, and uh, it wouldn't be hard for him to do that. Yeah, uh, that's after he retires from the whole wrestling thing. When, when when the time comes, and that's when I want people to move for the Free yeah. State Project. When the time comes, but we'll be here waiting for you. Yep. Let me get to the reason for this story. So Root's up there on stage in front of these libertarian conventions promoting himself and how great he is at uh, you know, getting the word out about the Libertarian Party. And as an example, he mentioned in both speeches that he is now a weekly commentator on Michael Savage's weekly radio show. Weekday, he does a weekday show. Uh-huh. So old Wayne Allen Root's getting in there once a week to talk to Michael Savage. Now, 
Balco says, I'm not a member of the Libertarian Party, so perhaps, uh, neither am I, by the way, I quit last year because of nonsense like this, so perhaps <laughs> my advice doesn't mean much to them, but I'm going to give it anyway. Stop this now. Either persuade Mr. Root to stop going on Savage's show or show Root the door. I'm all about building coalitions where they're appropriate, but there's nothing remotely appropriate about Michael Savage. Michael Savage is a raving bigot. He regularly uses phrases like, turd world countries and ghetto slime he once wished rape on a group of high school girls who make trips into san francisco to feed the homeless he's a blood thirsty warmonger and a feverish culture warrior he once said on the air that quote when i hear someone's in the civil rights business i oil up my ar-15 unquote uh, i've also heard him uh, recommend handling the uh, Middle East problem by bombing the whole place to glass. Real intelligence there. I mean, you know, he wants to kill. He There's a problem, and I'll admit, the Middle East is a problem. Absolutely. But the military is a problem. If, if your solution to the problem is let's kill a billion people or yeah. something there close to it. There hasn't been enough violence. We need more violence. Call it, call it 500 million just to, to be on the conservative side. You want to kill 500 million people so that you can solve this little problem in your mind? Maybe the problem isn't the people. Maybe it's you. On social issues, he's far to the right of just about every elected Republican official I can think of. He's wished AIDS and death on homosexuals. He regularly denigrates drug users. He's virulently anti-immigration. In short, there's nothing remotely libertarian about him. I think he does some good um, investigative work as far as he's, he's got he's got on his side some reporters. Don't that are, matter. Uh, no, if I'm all just you are is a hate-filled... Uh, the best, I'm going to say the best thing that I can say about Michael Savage, and I think doesn't redeem him he has broken bit. a couple of stories. He is not a libertarian. He is not for liberty, but he does has broken a couple of good stories that I'm, I'm sort of happy and proud that he broke. If Root's aim is to take the Libertarian Party in the direction of Michael Michael Savage, the Libertarian Party, should distance themselves from Root immediately. There's nothing honorable to be gained from this. And it's worth noting that Root features his Savage commentaries at the very top of his own website. I don't really care how many listeners Savage has. He's vile and hostile to any reasonable conception of libertarianism. Would it be better for the Libertarian Party if they had run Obama? I mean, uh, getting elected, would that have mattered if you are no longer the Libertarian Party in order to be elected as the Libertarian Party? What did you achieve? Maybe they should go and appear on some white supremacist uh, talk shows as well. I mean, that's essentially what Michael Savage is. He's basically a, yeah. a white he's a, supremacist. He's a well, uh, well, he's, uh, he's concealed. It. He's concealed yeah. it. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're getting on there but, talking bad about, uh, the, you know, all kinds of uh, different groups of people that aren't like you, yep. uh, you, you know, when when somebody when when a liberal like uh, Janine Garofalo calls teabaggers a bunch of racists and bigots, she's talking about people like Michael Savage. Yeah. And uh, I don't blame her. I don't it. blame her. So there you go. <laughs> That's the latest LP news for you. 800-259-9231. You know, we buried the Libertarian Party in a, uh, a funeral here several months ago, and apparently someone has unearthed the corpse and just decided to, uh, to display it for everyone. This is awful. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free 
Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, enough time for your call if you make it right now. 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Like the show. Want to help support Free Talk Live? You can do that by becoming an amplifier for as little as three bucks per month. We'll take that money and reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more listeners on board uh, around the world, help expose new people to the ideas of freedom. In fact, just yesterday we announced uh, two brand new affiliates. After the show, I sent out an update to updates.freetalklive.com. And if you're on the list, you knew first uh, that WSPD in Toledo is joining us or has already joined us. For the Saturday show, which is, by the way, the number one uh, talk station out there in Toledo, which yeah, is awesome. that's a big one. That's that's a that's a no fooling real big old blowtorch. Absolutely, it is. And in addition to that, uh, we also welcome 1490 WVBG in Vicksburg. Uh, we'll be welcoming both of them for our Saturday show again this Saturday. But just wanted to point that out as another example of how the Free Talk Live AMP program is really helping expand the show uh, and get on more radio stations. So please go to amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines and more. All of the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Are you facing a debt crisis? DebtCrisisSolutions.com guarantees that they can protect your bank accounts, assets, and the equity in your home. They're your debt crisis consultants. In some cases, you don't even have to make another payment on your credit cards. DebtCrisisSolutions.com, 718-615-0123, 718-615-0123, com. We continue with your phone calls. Jason in Virginia, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jason. Jason, Virginia? Going once. Hearing me? Hey, Jason, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Okay, great. You know, uh, you're talking about the Libertarian Party, and I, uh, I actually just attended my, my first meetup for the Libertarian Party last night. And, I'm sorry about that. You know, I, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt kind of mixed about it. What like did they do? They're, they're what not Libertarian they do? enough for me. Yeah, what, what, what was, um, go ahead and describe the scene for those of our listeners that have never been to a Libertarian Party meeting or meetup, as they're called these days. Well, you know, it was just kind of at a, a little bar in, in the back, and uh, mm-hmm. they had a table. And actually, they had a, an interesting gentleman speaking. Um, his name escapes me, but he's he's writing a book about kind of how the Constitution has been eroded. And well, that's uh, never he been was done very before, focused huh? on property rights. Yeah, well, you know, that, that kind of brings me to my my main my main thought of calling is, you know, I to me the idea of having a libertarian party is is counterintuitive. I mean, I I always think of libertarianism as being a policy of non-aggression, yes. and to me, the, the state is just socially acceptable force. So I, I don't I don't think that jives with the idea of libertarianism that if you, you can run to say, you know, well if we get into power we're we're gonna be responsible, we promise. And I mean look what you know, look what's happened to Jefferson's party. Well, you know, but, you could say that they're only running to spread the message of liberty, but that's not true anymore. So, yeah, you're right. They've been no. co-opted by those who are seeking power, uh, and yeah. the, the, the party has been completely taken over from the inside on the national level. And as a result of that, they're, they're making a bad name for the rest of us that have at one time used the term libertarian. Now, quick question, though. I mean, just as far as what you experienced, this was your first libertarian party meeting. They had somebody yeah. speaking uh, what kind of planning was there? What kind of things are they doing? They've, they've got some irons in the fire. They've got some activism coming up, some things for you to get active with, or was it just some guy speaking? 
Um, it was mostly focused around this this gentleman speaking uh, and, and talking about his book. But um, they also right. there's there's a kind of a, a county wide uh, like a fair coming up, and they're they're having some presence there, and they were looking for some volunteers that oh, kind of thing. Nice. They got a they got themselves uh, a, a booth at the booth. fair, yeah. and uh, they're going to ha- pass out the world's smallest political quiz, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, pocket constitutions. Hey, you know, it's it's not terrible. I've done it. I've been no. there. I've done it. Uh, and it's it's fun to do those things. It's fun to do those outreach booths. But it usually doesn't result in much. I mean, I've, yeah. I've worked at the at the county fair down in Sarasota County, Florida, for uh, did it uh, at least a couple times. And I mean, a couple of years in a row. And once uh, when I organized the entire thing, I was there every single day doing 10 hour shifts. Uh, at the uh, the county fair, and so I've I have been immersed in this uh, world of outreach, and you can get people to give you their contact information, like get an email address from them, maybe even maybe even a phone number, uh, but getting them to do anything after that, man, that, it is hard. That's just them getting ready. That's, Say what? That's them, so they can. So that's just them getting ready, so they can move on to their next booth. You know, get the funnel cake. Yeah, yeah maybe. And, also, uh, you know, I mean, what, what one has to ask, what's the point in getting uh, people to register Libertarian? I remember that was a big push there in uh, Sarasota <laughs> where Ian and I were. And so I'm registered Libertarian in Florida or whatever. What? What's the point in that? What difference does it make? Besides, numbers. Besides not allowing you. Yeah, but numbers for whom for what? What do they do with bragging those rights? rights? What? I don't know. Bragging rights? Maybe they. Maybe if you right. get to a certain number, you get a status. I, I, I don't know. I think the idea with the whole registration thing was that, theoretically, you would send a message if 5 or 10% of the electorate was registered libertarian. The idea was that it would send a message to, to politicians to push the agenda in the direction of repealing laws. It's probably true. It's probably accurate. That's the yeah, idea. But, yeah, I mean... They're they're never going to do that. I mean, it doesn't that doesn't benefit them at all. That you're you know you're asking them to to cut their own laws. Yeah, I mean, politicians. It's like saying, okay, well, I want you to what I want you to do when you get in office is to cut your power and your money. <laughs> well, I want you to go to work yeah. so that you have less uh, power and less money. I'm not. I'm that not, doesn't even make any I'm sense. I'm not entirely sure. I agree. If you if politicians do care about power, but if they, if you pose a credible threat to them, it's really where you have to be to pose any kind of, of a threat and get leverage over them. If they feel they have the, you know, they have the choice between, well, I can effectively cut my power in half and repeal a whole bunch of laws, or I can get kicked out and I won't be a politician anymore and I won't be able to, you know. Play You're talking God about a real life. credible threat. You're not talking about five percent well, of the electorate uh, registering yes, as a libertarian. <laughs> I'm talking about if you can, you can pose a threat to getting an incumbent kicked out that's very credible yeah. then you can get policy you're talking change. about 25% of the population getting registered as a libertarian and that's just not going to happen i mean you it's, might it's very unlikely, well get yes. uh, people at the fair to to fill out a, a, regi- a voter registration form if your state even has libertarian uh, you know as a part uh, a real party that you can register as to fill out you know, you know you might get a couple of hundred people and then every county in your state does that you still haven't scratched the surface you haven't blown the dust off of the surface let me tell you it's uh it while it may be possible to achieve what you're saying to get a whole bunch of people to register as libertarian it makes it even more difficult when all the libertarian party has become is just an offshoot of the the republican party and like why would anybody who can't even barely tell the difference between the two uh decide to do anything about when a guy like me a you know a libertarian if one if there is one out there says, I don't want to register Libertarian because then I can't vote in the Republican primary. 
Any other thoughts for us tonight, Jason? Well, you know, I, I really think we're past the point of representational government. I, mean, oh, yeah. I think the grassroots stuff is, is showing us that in modern politics, people can accomplish common goals without resorting to government. You know, I, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of these goals, people have been doing the meetups or whatever for, for politically related goals. But I think, you know, if, if Ron Paul came out and said, hey, we need a bridge to be built from here to here, or we need a road paved, you know, the kind of stuff that people always look to government to do, the Ron Paul supporters would come through and do it. I mean, just, just look at the stuff with the guys, uh, you know, the motorhome diaries there where to get uh, the woman got like, you know, several thousand dollars to bail these guys out of jail just at a, at, you know, just a, a little bit of asking for help. And yeah, I think that's the, hours. the positive thing. Yeah. There's that, no doubt you know, about can, it. People can come together in a way that they've never been able to do before because of the, uh, the wonderful uh, technology we know is the Internet. It's making all yeah. kinds of things possible that heretofore have been impossible. And it's opening doors and creating opportunities. And it's making it so we can actually, I think, have a good chance at liberty in our lifetime. But it's not going to come through sitting around watching some guy talk about uh, the Constitution, the Libertarian Party oh. meeting, talk about a bunch of out-of-touch dudes. They have no idea how much time yeah, I mean, and effort they're wasting. I think getting back to the Constitution would be a nice start. But yeah, I, bring I back slavery. Happening. Yeah. <laughs> No. Uh, getting back to the Constitution, while it sounds nice, is not going to do anything because the Constitution, um, first of all, it counted black people as three-fifths of a man, uh, but, but also... It means different things to different people. That's another problem with the yeah. Constitution. And, and the Constitution has either authorized the tyranny that we have today or has been powerless to prevent it. So, you know, then, then you're yeah. talking about just hitting the reset button and waiting and watching and, and as the state continues to grow and fester right. and oppress. The only solution, even a, a guy like me who really does believe, yeah, if we got back to the Constitution, we'd be in, we'd be in good shape, except for that whole slavery thing. And, and let's do away with the post office, too. You know, that, that kind of philosophy is I still believe the Constitution needs to be rewritten in order to have teeth to prevent what the heck has happened at this point. And... The reason that the Constitution didn't, didn't have teeth in the first place was because the people who wrote it didn't want it to. And the people who are going to write it this time aren't going to want it to. You're just never going to get this document that is going to work. Hey, Jason, thanks for the call. Out of time for tonight. And thank you, Nick, for uh, coming in here from Free Minds TV to get my plug-in for you. Free Minds, actually, new website, freemindsmedia.org. That's With correct. blogs and television and radio, Free Minds TV, Free Minds Radio. Be sure to join him over there at freemindsmedia.org and continue to join us online, of course, tomorrow night, same time, same place, and online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.